The Midweek Horror Podcast is supported by Horrified, the website that celebrates and champions British horror, covering films, television, books, fiction, and more. You can visit Horrified at horrifiedmagazine.co.uk and find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at horrifiedmag. This is the Midweek Horror Podcast with Hannah Fox and Alice Reed. Hi guys, it's Ellis here. Don't worry, Hannah will be joining me. But before we cut to our regular episode, we've got a special feature lined up for you where I'm going to do a Q&A with a really nice guy who I met through Twitter. His name's Ricky Glaw. He's from North Kentucky and he's about to embark on a Kickstarter to finish his horror film. All Your Friends Are Dead. Now, I've not seen it because it's not finished, but I have read the synopsis, and also I've seen a couple of Ricky's shorts, which I really enjoyed. Especially, there's one called Racist with a Y, so assist like a boil or an abscess or something. And I thought that would have played really well at a festival, either as part of a short film showcase, or maybe as an amuse-bouche before a longer entertainment. So I've got high hopes for All Your Friends Are Dead. I'm going to stop rambling about it now. I'm going to cut to Ricky and I'm going to let him tell you all about his film and why you should back it. Hi, I'm Ricky Glore, one of the writers, co-directors and a producer and actor in the upcoming indie horror film, All Your Friends Are Dead. All Your Friends Are Dead is basically what if The Breakfast Club grew up to be the big chill and they went camping in a Friday the 13th movie. The movie itself is about uh, lead character Matt Wilby, played by myself. Uh, what if uh, someone who's in their mid-30s, who used to have it all, so to say, in high school, used to be a promising athlete, used to be revered by underclassmen, his own class, graduated, got hurt, uh, wrestling in college and then just never got any sort of traction after that in life uh, and just spiraled into depression, alcoholism, uh, dependency on some pain meds, and then just came to a realization one day when he was 35 that he's estranged from the friends that he thought meant the most to him from high school and that he's really got nothing to live for. So his depression is taking its toll, and he decides he's going to end his own life. So he lets his old friends from high school, who they were dubbed the Pack, that he is going to end his life at a camping site that they all hung out with one another at, uh, at the end of high school. And those friends rush to his aid to keep him from killing himself. But little do they know, there is a masked killer in the woods looking to pick them off one by one, and they're going to have to start looking out for their own lives. I know you've actually already shot a lot of the film, so what was the shoot like? Yeah, we've actually already filmed quite a bit of the movie. I would say at this point, about half the movie is filmed. We've had a great time doing it. All, all, everyone in the cast has been a delight, and uh, we've been really lucky with uh, for some decent weather outside, because a lot of it is camping. We did run into an interesting shoot one day where we were just 
minutes away from having everything we needed. I was covered head to toe in blood, and then it started torrential downpouring. But yeah, no, it's it's been a lot of fun. Working on a horror movie is a ton of fun. The special effects is one of the most enjoyable moments to see how the sausage is made. In order to finish the film and get it over the line, you're going to be doing a Kickstarter, which begins on 30th of August. So if people are interested in backing that, what can they expect? People that are interested in donating in Kickstarter, um, everyone who's behind All Your Friends Are Dead are classic horror movie f- fans. You know, uh, I grew up watching the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, the Halloweens, the Friday the 13th, getting older, going back, and then watching some more classics like Giallo's, um, all of Alfred Hitchcock movies, the Phantasm series. So I approached making this movie and writing it as a fan. And I, I hope that really comes through in the in the finished product. And if if you're someone who really enjoyed popping in those kind of cheesy horror movies that were filled with gore and maybe a plot that you didn't really understand when you were young, but when you got older, you you saw the depth of it. Um, I I think All Your Friends Are Dead is the the perfect film to contribute to and help see get made. You know, there's plenty of polished Hollywood films right now, and I'm not saying that with any distaste for, you know, the Marvel superhero movies, but I, I miss seeing the the ground roots kind of support for indie films like there was in the 90s when I grew up with filmmakers like Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, and Kevin Smith. They made people feel like anyone can make a movie as long as you put in the hard work and you made a movie that meant something to you. And this this movie does. It is semi-autobiographical of a possible timeline that could have happened to me. Uh, if I hadn't it started doing theater earlier and really embracing my creative nature when I got hurt playing sports. Um, we're in the day of age that anyone really can make a movie now with the everything that's on our phone and how accessible the technology is. Uh, but I think this movie shows the passion of the people who are working on it and why you should support uh, as much indie filmmaking as you can to breed new ideas. Like I always see the campaigns with uh, the reason why <laughs> horror movie fans hate remakes uh, like the nightmare on Elm street and the Friday, the 13th. And sometimes some people are split on the Halloweens because there is a loyal Rob zombie fan base. This is me venting a little bit, but like as much as horror fans hate remakes, the Indiegogos and the Kickstarters for independent horror films that reach their funding budget the quickest are fan films, like a lot of Friday the 13th fan films. So for a base that hates just seeing the same IP being made over and over again, there's your opportunity to help bring to life something that is original that is in the vein of the thing that you love. And maybe if we start embracing more of that, we'll start seeing more original ideas like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Streets or Hellraisers that emerged in the 80s during a time where a lot of horror movies were cookie cutter and influenced by the success of Friday the 13th and Halloween. We saw some of the most innovative horror movies. 
Then in the mid-90s, when the slasher craze was dying, then we got the innovation of Scream, which then created its own uh, copycats, for better or for worse. But so, yeah, I, I think potential backers of the Kickstarter were not offering a ton of perks. It's three. You get a social media shout-out, or you can pick your name in the credits, which also gets you the social media shout-out. Or, if you spend 80 bucks, you get a Blu-ray with a bunch of behind-the-scenes, deleted scenes, exclusive commentary, limit to, limited to 100 copies. You get the movie, and then you get all those other perks. It's only three perks we're offering, because it's all about just getting the appropriate funding to really pay for uh, post-production, to take care of the things, to really pull the film together and make the best culmination of this movie that we can possible. Now, one thing we've not talked about yet is the fact that you're not just an indie filmmaker. You're also a stand-up comedian. So I wanted to ask you, what's your background in stand-up? And how did you get from there to making horror films? And also, which of the two do you most want to be known for? Let's see, with my background in stand-up comedy... um, how did I start making horror films? Especially like my short films like Call and Racist. Uh, I have always loved horror. Uh, my first, The first student film that I ever made was my freshman year of college, and we made this zombie movie, because we we're all, of course, in love with the George Romero zombie movies. And, of course, it was awful. <laughs> I wrote the script to that, and two of my friends, uh, who were the co-conspirators of making it, were like, no, nah, we don't want to have to learn lines, so they threw out the script. Uh, I-, I grew up watching horror movies at way too young of an age. I had seen Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, by, I think it's one of my first memories of seeing a movie, sitting at the foot of my parents' bed. Um, horror and comedy, I think, are remarkably similar. They both they both elicit when they're doing, when they're being done right, they both elicit a a response a visceral response from you, whether it be laughing or or being terrified of a scream or tensing you up. Um, And with comedy, with standup, I think some of the, some of the best laughs you can elicit from an audience member are if you're striking a relatable chord or maybe even possibly an emotional chord or human uh, chord with someone and then you you break that tension with a laugh, with something humorous. There's something really cathartic about that in stand-up. And a lot of my stand-up is to, uh, just talking about my personal life, being uh, married, being in love with pop culture, now my daughter, my two-year-old daughter. And so already having a love of horror and growing up on it, watching everything, getting started on the Universal Monster movies, then transitioning to the Hammer films, then Texas Chainsaw, then Phantasm, uh, horror television like the Night Stalker, um, Night Gallery, Twilight Zone. I, I I've always had that in me the the love of the horror, and so trying to scare someone or like get them in a tense position like there's there's some good comedy in horror films. Um, one one scene that always sticks out in mind is uh, Donald Pleasance in the original Halloween when Lonnie, the one kid that is notoriously mentioned throughout the movie as being kind of a little shit, is uh, with a group of kids trying to peer pressure to go up to the Myers house. And Dr. Loomis, this night where a mental patient has escaped and 
gotten into this small town and is just on a rampage. Um, Loomis takes time to find glee out of scaring these children. He's like, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. Scaring the kids away. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think horror and comedy are not too far apart. Uh, which of these of horror and comedy do I want to be known for? Um, I like wearing a lot of hats creatively. So I think they, this question I think is like, Jordan Peele, will he be remembered for Mad TV, Key and Peele, or for his influential uh, work in horror and suspense and thriller movies? I think I just want to be known well enough in either path to fuel and support the next creative thing that I'm making, whatever genre that is. If, if I got any notoriety for making a horror movie and it allowed me to make another horror movie. That's gravy. That's amazing. Uh, but my ultimate goal in both areas is to entertain. I think the audience comes first. Okay. So you mentioned, um, a couple of short films you made already core C A W like the, the noise a crow makes and also racist with a Y. Uh, I just wanted to ask, have you been able to take any of those on the festival circuit and, if you have, what was that like? Uh, well, the uh, COVID, the, the COVID, the coronavirus has taken its toll on live events. So I filmed two horror short films. One was filmed right before the the outbreak, like the week before things started really getting shut down. Um, and it was actually going to be a proof of concept to a much larger feature script that I had written originally called Camp Jallo. Um, now retitled Call, so it works as kind of like an excerpt from the horror, the the feature length movie, and I think it works nicely as a little horror short. Um, the, I've submitted that to numerous festivals, and it's it's gotten a few awards. Uh, some reviews have said that it harkens back to the kind of giallo slashers of the '70s, which is a huge compliment because. Uh, let me some Mario Bava and Dario Argento Giallos. Um, my most recent horror short, which I filmed uh, at the beginning of February, it's called Racist, and it's R-A-C-Y-S-T, and that is definitely me using uh, the political climate, some of my humor background, as well as my love of Cronenberg films, to execute a poignant, hopefully entertaining, body horror short film. And that has just started being in festivals and I think just got its first couple nominations pretty recently. So I'm excited to see how that does. I've got one more question for you and then we're done. What horror films have inspired you over time and have you made any new discoveries that you can recommend to our listeners? Uh, I... Of more recent horror films, Midsommar, I know is divisive. And it's interesting because, like, when Hereditary came out, I didn't love it. And a lot of the marketing was like, oh, it's scarier than Exorcist. And I thought it was way more, uh, it had way more parallels to Rosemary's Baby than Exorcist. And I liked things about it. I just didn't feel like it was as tight of a film as when I saw Midsommar. And I knew Midsommar was a folk horror movie and was going to have parallels to the Wicker Man, which I, the original Wicker Man, I love not the Nicholas Cage 
Base! Uh, but I, I was fully aware of that before I saw it, and then it just blew me away. And the full core setting didn't... That's not the thing that like really drew me to it. The horror aspect of this couple being in this relationship where they're in like this escape room of a relationship because neither well, the one's dependent uh, on the other emotionally. And he doesn't want to break up with her because he doesn't know what that's going to do to her emotionally. He feels bad. He feels guilty. Even though he's a dick, he's not like super dick. Um, let's see, like super recently, I've just been recommending one of my friends, all the Cronenberg movies. Um, so it's been fun talking about those again. I'll recommend De Palma. I just saw for the first time Body Double, even though I had seen Dress to Kill, uh, Blow Out, and obviously Carrie, and, you know, Scarface, non-horror movie. But Body Double, I think it's 1984, he did it right after Scarface. You know, De Palma gets slammed for being a Hitchcock, being derivative of Hitchcock, and Body Double is definitely Vertigo meets Rear Window. And while on the whole, it might be, the, it might be a little messy, maybe not the most cohesive, but as uh, a friend and I were talking, it's remarkable how movies like that just don't, like big studio movies like that just don't get made anymore. I mean, granted, De Palma had a contract with Columbia to make, I think, three films, and after making Body Double, they rescinded the contract. But there's just a lot of interesting ideas and visuals in it that I would love to see get filtered more into some of our modern horror and suspense. Uh, ultimate recommendations, Elm Street. A lot of people are like, well, who's the best horror meister? Is it, is it John Carpenter? Is it Clive Barker? Is it, you know, uh, I think it's 100% Wes Craven the amount of decades that he was at the top of his game. You have the early 70s with Last House on the Left. You have the late 70s with The Hills Have Eyes. You have the 80s with A Nightmare in Elm Street. You have the end of the 80s with uh, People Under the Stairs. And then you have uh, Serpent and the Rainbow. And then you have the 96 with Scream. Didn't write it, but directed it. Uh, he's He's just a great horror filmmaker. And so uh, I, I think he is someone who has a catalog of movies. Granted, they're deadly blessings, and there are some missteps in there. There are some not great movies, but he is someone people should go back to and really examine the evolution of what he did in the genre. Brilliant. Well, Ricky Glaw, thank you very much. Do you have any last words? Thank you guys for listening. Please go and donate what you can. If you don't want to donate for one of the perks, every dollar helps. Even just sharing the campaign with other horror fans alike. Uh, I, I think we have something special, and I think you're going to enjoy it. That was Ricky Glaw. As you can hear, this is a guy who's up to his ears in the genre, and really immersed in horror. Check out his, his Kickstarter. I think it sounds like it's going to be a great film. Um, back to the normal episode. Hello, and welcome to the Midweek Horror Podcast. I'm Hannah Fox. And I'm Ellis Reed. 
Yay! <laughs> <laughs> the, I think I think the one thing we never know mm. the the one thing we never know what to do, to what to say yeah, yeah, after the pause, after the pause, after the intro, because we introduce yeah. ourselves and then we just look at each other blankly, and I usually just go, "Yay!" <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited about tonight's film. Me too. I think it might be shit. It, it could be. But I think we'll have a lot of fun watching it. And you know what? I think you know that these sorts of films are quite close to my heart anyway. I always yeah, enjoy definitely. them. And I think even if they are a bit shit, I still sort of love them. Yeah, it's yeah. Just that lovely quality to them. So yeah, I'm de- definitely looking forward to it. Do you want to tell the folks at home what it is? Well, I knew you were going to ask me that. And then I was thinking, hang on, what one did we pick? <laughs> I remember we didn't do Dra- we didn't oh so we didn't do Dracula in the end because that nope. was one I was talking about we did one of the zombie ones yep but which one was it it was a plague of zombies it was a plague of zombies yes thank yeah, you yeah. so yeah of course professional as ever <laughs> don't even know what film we're doing and at the time but of yeah. picking it we weren't 100% sure that it was a hammer horror we weren't but we checked and it is a Hammer Horror. Which is actually another reason I was um, excited to do it, because I've watched quite a few of the Hammers. No, mm. Not all of them by any means, but, um, you know, a few of the classic ones. But so we've never seen one together. Never seen one together. And I've never seen this one, so perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, I've seen very little Hammer Horror in general. Have you? Yeah, yeah. So what ones have you seen? Do you know what? I've seen so few, I couldn't even tell you the names. Yeah. But, you know, you know, sometimes, like, decades ago, when you were up late on a Friday night or something. Yeah. And the sitcoms ended. Yeah. Sometimes there'd be a random old film. I'm sure I've been exposed to a couple of hammers like that. Usually um, it is the sort of the Dracula ones. Yeah. There's yeah. various Bride of Dracula, Dracula, you know, like all of that sort of. I think that they, there was a time when they were on quite a bit because actually I think that's when I started watching a few was when I was at uni and it'd be that typical thing. You get in from a night out and there's not really much on. But and there's a hammer horror somewhere. A hammer, yeah. yeah, so yeah. probably saw a few bits of various ones before I passed out. What, what do you think of the modern hammer horror, which sort of seems to be putting out a film every two or three years? So I must confess, I a bit Britney Spears there. I haven't um, seen any of the uh, the only ones I've really seen are the older ones. Really, I don't think I've actually watched any of the newer ones although saying that i may have done without realizing it <laughs> so the, the ones i've seen i really enjoyed um but they weren't they were just horror films yes. they didn't feel like hammer horror films and then um, some of them are even set in the states with american cast which is fine okay. we, we we watch a lot of um you know american okay. horror we we really like it mm. but if there's going to be an extant hammer horror I'd like them to be making sort of distinctly British, distinctly Hammer films. Me too. I think it's, I just, I, they're very British. And I also, yeah. if I, I think I haven't watched any of them because I also feel like I really would want someone to sort of stick with the style. Yeah. Because yeah. there's something very sweet and quaint and fun about them. And I don't know whether, I actually don't know whether it would work doing a modern one, but then, Saying that, maybe I should watch a couple and see whether it does. Yeah, I would definitely like to see that. Do you remember which ones you'd seen? Of the the, old the, like, ones. the newer ones. Oh yeah, so I think I've seen most of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean they're they're not they're not putting out loads of films. And mm. um, I think the last one was in two thousand and nineteen, that was one I think it's set in America called 
the lodge or something. Oh, okay. But I can tell. I think I might be able to tell you what they've done since the Bram was resurrected for films. They did Beyond the Rave, which was originally released as a serial on MySpace. (laughs) And sadly, you can't get it anymore, to my knowledge. I think it did have a DVD release as a feature. Um, They did The Woman in Black. Oh, okay. Which, fair play, is very British. Um, As in the Daniel Radcliffe yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Does it have a think, you? No, I don't think so. No, maybe not. I saw I it at cinema. Think so. I think I saw it on my own and I was really annoyed because it was a young crowd in uh, and they were just screaming and then laughing at themselves screaming. Gobshite sounds. Yeah, totally. But um I didn't realise that was a hammer, I have to say. But it was their first ever film about a ghost, I think. What was it? Yeah, so they did more sort of um Corporeal monsters, stuff like um, mm. Dracula's, like the thing, uh, yeah, zombies, of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did they do any Frankenstein's? I think they did, yeah. Did they have horrors? Well, we'll or similar? Check. I'd have to check, but they they did like possession type ones, but I guess not a ghost, as in when someone had been like something had happened to them and a demon had possessed them. Okay, yeah. But not yeah, a they, ghost as such exactly, that I've yeah. seen, anyway. So they, that would make sense. Um, correct us if we're wrong, people at home. If you can think of a hammer horror about a ghost, as in somebody who's dead coming back as a, a scary apparition, um, get in touch and let us know. Yeah. Because I'm sure uh, The Woman in Black was their first film about a ghost, and they did a sequel to The Woman in Black which wasn't as good, but I did quite enjoy it, uh, called The Woman in Black 2, Angel of Death. Oh, I didn't see that one. I they, saw the first. They did a film with Hilary Swank called The Resident, I think. Oh. I, I think that's another one set in America. Okay. That's one I'm not seeing. Ooh, there was one between Beyond the Rave and... I'm not really doing these in order. I was trying to. It's okay. But before The Woman in Black, they did a film called Wake Wood, which I absolutely oh. love. It's set in, I think it's set in Northern Ireland. Um, and it's sort of a pet cemetery style story. Oh, cool. But done really well. I really like that film a lot. Um, what else did they do? They did the English language remake of Let the Right One In. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. Ah. Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> I just always associate them with the kind of the old, the older films. To be yeah. Honest. And Ooh, actually, I would they, like to watch more of them because those are, those are, you know, really some of those that you've mentioned, um, you know, I've heard about and actually, you know, seem to be, sound like they would be pretty good. Yeah. They're not, they're making good films. Yeah. They're just not distinctively hammer films. No. They're just really good modern horror films. Or, uh, there was another one they did set in the UK called The Quiet Ones, which I enjoyed that as well. Yes. I haven't, again, I haven't seen that, but. I've heard of that. Yeah. Hmm. So I would like to see them make some Draculas. I would. But then, I, so The Woman in Black, I really enjoyed The Woman in Black, actually. I thought that was a really good film. But I think, I would never have thought that was a Hammer horror film. No. And I think that's not a bad thing. But I also feel like it would kind of be nice to see someone try, maybe, yeah. and do it. Like the Hammers of old, that would be quite fun. Because Hammer to me is like Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, those 
really kind of standout actors, you know, yeah, you yeah. associate with that as well. Yeah. Um, and the kind of, um, kind of like sort of, I think actually it was interesting when you were saying oh, it might be a bit crap. Some of what I love about them is that some bits of them are a bit crap yeah, or a bit yeah. dated or, yeah. and it's just, but it's kind of fun, sort of kitchen. Yeah. 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 They've got to be a bit campy. A bit camp. Exactly. Yeah. The thing about the woman in black, great film, but mm. so you didn't know it was a hammer horror. No, no idea. When, it, when you came out, it wasn't like you were going, Oh yeah, that was great. That reminded me of the old hammer, hammer horrors. Yes, no. Cause it just doesn't. It just doesn't. It's very, uh, just different. a modern. Well, it's a period, but a yeah. modern production horror movie um, that could have been a Blumhouse. Yes. It, more like The Others or something like that, you know. It was just kind of like a period horror made by Hollywood yeah, yeah. was what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, right, well, mm. should we have a watch of the trailer? Let's if do we can it. find one on YouTube. Fingers crossed. There must be a trailer. Yeah, surely. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, we're going to go and watch the trailer and see what we have in store for us. So we will join you after the jingle. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, that was the trailer. That looked a lot better than I expected. I think we're really going to enjoy this. It looked mental. There was a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. So something that surprised me is at the beginning, you can hear like tribal drums. Yeah. And it's flashing up stuff about voodoo. Mm. And I thought, oh, I didn't know this would actually be set like overseas Over at all. Yeah. Um, but then it quickly became clear that it was sort of set in a kind of parish council somewhere. Yeah. It looked very, very... um English indeed. So much so that they had a load of like fox hunters like riding around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and somebody um oh I loved the the so the the guy doing the voiceover described him as the clear-headed man of science. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. While he just sort of like looked sternly past the camera with his mustache. Yeah. And he um he said something like such and such swears that he saw his brother on the moors, <laughs> but we know his brother's dead. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what those drum beats and voodoo stuff was at the beginning because we're now firmly into Wuthering Heights territory, <laughs> the moors. But but then there was a bit where you saw some like priest, high priest in robes pouring blood onto a voodoo doll. So yeah, yeah. there's some there's some voodoo in there. Oh, there, there definitely yeah. there definitely is voodoo. Yeah. I was just surprised by the location. Yes. Um, yes. It was very British. And I'll tell you what else. The clear-headed man of science, within about um, 20 seconds of us being introduced to him, he's saying, so that was a member of the undead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. That's too much. For, I mean, obviously, yeah. in the context of the film, it is. But... Come on, if you're the clear-headed man of science, surely you can think of a better explanation. And also you're going to be the one that, till the very end, even if literally a zombie is strangling you, you're going, no, no, there's a very good explanation for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. a little bit drunk. Something I liked was we saw an awful lot of the zombies in the trailer. We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of the zombies? I mean, the kind of, they, they looked a little bit amusing. Yeah, But also yeah. pretty zombie-like. I mean, yeah, believable yeah. as a zombie. Looked like they had... PVA glue on their face and then spray painted white. Yeah, pretty much. Um, 
They all looked a bit worse for wear, apart from the obligatory babe zombie. Of course. Yeah, yeah the yeah. one that just gets out of the coffin all made up. Yeah, yeah. a little bit grey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that look, looked fantastic. I think we we're going to enjoy it very much. Yeah, because not just zombies. We've got some voodoo. We've got some crazy fox hunters hunting people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot, a lot going on. People setting themselves on fire. It was very busy. I didn't even see the bit where someone set themselves on fire. Well, he was fighting with the sensible man of science <laughs> and he got his arm like in the fire and then they set the house on fire. So that looked quite dramatic. God, I, must, I just mustn't have been paying <laughs> just attention. passed out for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with excitement. <laughs> excitement. Um, and there was, um, yes, yeah, another quite, well, there's a bit of a love story going on apparently, but with between the woman who... They said something like, she hated the squire, but it was more dangerous when she loved him. Oh, was yeah. it? I think the line was, when she hated the squire, it was dangerous. When she fell in love with him, it was lethal. That was it. Bang <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think he's going to sacrifice her and bring her back as a zombie. Looked like so, it, didn't it? Really, at this point, we should be talking, like we did with Happy Death Day, mm. about what we think the plot is going to be. <laughs> Based on that trailer, it's got zombies, it's got a cult of some kind. Voodoo. Clear-headed man of science. Clear-headed man of science. Babes. A moustache. Fire. It's got it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, what, what, what do you think, stars-wise, what, what do you anticipate for tonight's entertainment? I think it won't necessarily be the most polished film, but I probably would say a four because I think I'll think it's quite fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. expecting similar, to be honest. Mm. I'm predicting a four. Nice. Well, we're back. Post-film. What yeah. did you think? I thought I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it became increasingly silly. <laughs> yeah. But at no point was I not entertained. Agreed. I... Wasn't like bored or thinking, or oh, how long has this been on for? For the whole thing, yeah, yeah. I was just, in, I just enjoyed every bit of it. I just thought it was really yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in in enjoyment, I would give it the four stars. Yeah, I think I would struggle to make an objective case for giving it four stars. Agreed. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think it was it was very hammer. It was quite silly in places and. Some of the, I would say things like the costumes of the zombies, for instance, and, yeah. you know, some of the stuff that they did was over the top and silly and not particularly realistic. It was a little bit classic Doctor Who at times, I thought. Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. For me, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I kind of just get on board with it. So what was quite interesting... So, you know, we sort of forget that zombies were originally voodoo a lot of the time. Yeah. Because in modern cinema, they've been transformed more into an inexplicable outbreak, a mm, disease. A virus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually in some zombie films, it is a straight-up virus. Mm. So in a sense, it's harked back to the really classic... Oh, just to remind you at home, we don't do the spoiler-free review section anymore. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I hated yeah. it, so we gave up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going str- we're straight in the straight spoilers. Straight in, straight in. So this harked back to the sort of classic voodoo style zombie, mm. where the squire of a Cornish village, who'd been in Haiti, was using zombies as a source of 
free, yeah, free labor mm. to mine a tin mine that had fallen into disuse because the locals thought it was haunted and he couldn't find anyone who was willing to mine it. Oh, they thought it was dangerous as well, didn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, so they didn't want to. They thought it was bad luck because yeah. a lot of people were, there were a lot of accidents there. So, you know, the zombies aren't, um, you know, that's the other thing that's typical about um, a modern zombie film. The zombies aren't getting out of hand and taking over the world. No. They're not um, swarming through the streets, sort of slowly ambling towards people, trying to eat their brains. They're literally just down the pit. <laughs> just working, doing yeah. the day's graft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that could have continued for quite some time. Mm. If it weren't for the fact that Sir James, what was his surname? Oh. The very distinguished... I can't remember, but the very distinguished gent, Sir yeah. James. The, uh, from the trailer, the clear-headed man of science. I would dispute that, actually. <laughs> Me too. He was fair. very quick to decide that it was zombies. He was like, hey, Reverend, can I look at your books on witchcraft? Yeah, yeah. He was right in there, wasn't he? So, yeah, actually, yeah. that was a really funny bit where he explains to his former pupil who's now the doctor in this Cornish village um <laughs> oh god what was he called the the angry drunk guy Martinus Martinus yeah mm. what Martinus saw on the moor was an undead <laughs> and his um his his younger friend says to him how, how can you a man of science be saying this and um Sir James says Ah, well, I have an advantage over you there. <laughs> I spend the afternoon in the vicar's library reading all about it. Why um, does the vicar have a book on that? Yeah, yeah. But then That's, the vicar um, says, I know nothing about it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, surely that is the 60s equivalent of doing research yeah, on yeah. YouTube. <laughs> Something I th that I found interesting. So they've sort of imported this voodoo idea of um, voodoo and zombies into a film set in Cornwall. Mm. But a lot of the film seemed to be a little bit inspired by that sort of English tradition of stuff like Dracula or, yeah. you know, like they consulted the vicar. The vicar was there helping him. You had... Um, you know, doctors being baffled by the supernatural. Well, the evil character, um, Hamilton, was almost like a Count Dracula. Yeah. In that yeah. he was evil, but he was also very charming. All the women liked him. Yeah. He had this grand house. Me he was mesmerising yeah. them a little bit. He had the ring in the grand house and all these, like, you know, young men who were sort of his servants. And, yeah. But I'm not sure, actually, if that worked 100% as a mashup. Because, like, you'd get little oddities, like um, the priest, when they had to behead one of the zombies, the younger doctor's wife, which, again, very Dracula. The vicar says, oh, I I, I gave her absolution. Mm. She'll be at peace now. And I thought, whoa, whoa, hang on. That that makes sense if you've got a vampire who's, like, scared of the cross. Yeah. Because they're, they're sort of part of a Christian tradition. But these are voodoo zombies. Now... If the stuff the voodoo guys believe in is true, mm. then all your stuff at the church isn't true, and vice versa. Oh, you know, you they're mean. not they're not part of the same tradition. No. So does it help if you become a zombie if a priest then gives you absolution? God I, I, knows. I feel like it shouldn't. No, I know what you mean. They're, they're, they're very different. Yeah. I feel like if I was a Christian vicar, I'd be thinking, well, if voodoo zombies are real, 
maybe I'm in the wrong religion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I guess that was all he knew how. To, that was all he knew to do. That he didn't really have anything else he could do. So he thought, I'll be useful. Try that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, it's very difficult to behead someone with a spade. With a spade, yeah. Not in one, you wouldn't do it in one swoop. And it wasn't the most effective. Yeah, it wasn't the most effective special effect in the film. Though, no. Was it? In fact, none of the special effects were very good. Not really, no. They were um, quite amusing. Yeah, yeah. But I will say the sets, the costumes, yeah. the lighting, very good. Yes. So I was saying, I was saying to Alice about how much I enjoy, I love the furniture. So I was basically just planning, you know, how I was going to decorate my house. The lamp. The lamp was gorgeous. The bed was gorgeous. I mean, it was all, yeah, pretty gorgeous. I love that old classic Victorian style where everything's just really well made and beautiful. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we had a little bit of a middle age conversation about that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. If I'm just umming along at this point, it's because I've got a fruit pastel in my mouth. I picked a really bad time to eat it. <laughs> but I tell you what, they're, they're the best good. fruit pastels I've ever I had. Know. Waitrose own brand. Other fruit pastels are available. I wouldn't bother with them, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get Waitrose. <laughs> so I'll tell you something else I found interesting. Um, there's a really good scene where Sir James is digging up a grave in the middle of the night and he's just about to open the coffin and have a look. So the police apprehend him. They say, you'll be on a very serious charge in the morning, sir. <laughs> and Sir James says, ah, and, and, and what charge would that be? Hmm. And the policeman says, ooh, body snatching, I should think, sir. It's quite a good accent. That's very good. I use yeah, that more often. And Sir James goes, I see. Well, in that case, you won't mind if we have a quick look. <laughs> and opens the coffin as quick as, oh, well, if you're arresting us, you won't mind if we quickly look at the coffin. <laughs> and he yanks the lid off. He really does. Yeah, yeah. And nobody's in the coffin. Like, it's mm. empty. Now, admittedly, that is mysterious. But what I find really interesting is after that point, it's like the police are working for him. Yeah. You know, they let him speak to the main suspect whenever he wants. You know, they're sorting things out for him. They're taking his orders, almost. Well, he goes and has I've... a little rest while they fill in the graves. Yeah, yeah. just dug yeah. up. He tells them to fill in the graves. Now, I'm not being funny. If I was the policeman, I'd be like, okay, that's weird. But you're the chief suspect, Sir James. <laughs> yeah. Because I've found you at the grave with a spade. Where have you put no the body? body? Where's the body? Yeah, yeah. And that is, um, I think that's the thing about class in these older films is if you are respected enough, if you have social status, everyone is at your disposal. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I found a bit weird was, why were those boys in the... Well, I think they were all boys, men, all just drumming continuously down in the tin mine. Oh, God. Did they do anything else? Yeah, no. Were they just, just saints constantly drumming? So, um, in, in um, the tin mine... While the zombies were mining, there are also three people who within, I don't have no idea where the actors came from, but within the fiction of the film, I mm. presume they are meant to be from Haiti. From, ha from Haiti, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> they're just there like drumming tribal just drums. Every time them. you go down the mine, they're just drumming. And mm. wearing Viking helmets. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. I noticed that. that. It was like an interesting choice yeah. of costume. Yeah. It was quite a hodgepodge of... Like the masks, the um, 
the, the the white mask. Yeah, yeah. Weird, so they look more like something out of um, Wicker Man or something. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. a folk horror rather yeah. than a voodoo. I'm not sure how well researched. I the voodoo don't think were. very probably to be honest. I mean, I get the feeling someone heard, you know, the writer or the director heard that maybe voodoo came from Haiti, and that was about it. Yeah, it just yeah. went from there with the rest of it. Oh, there were sort of voodoo dolls, weren't there? Oh, yeah. Voodoo dolls <laughs> with massive tits. <laughs> so, something Han and I were chuckling at um, is the fact that these voodoo dolls, like, I think if you were making a film today with voodoo dolls in, you'd really take some time over voodoo yeah. dolls, make them as creepy as you could. Yeah. You know, you'd get some weird sort of local artist who produces scary shit to put yeah. something together that people are just going to go, Ugh. the voodoo dolls in this film... Look like they're made out of plasticine <laughs> with twigs pushed into them for arms and <laughs> <At> legs. <best. laughs> and massive tits. Massive tits. <laughs> so these voodoo dolls, the guy who's making them, Squire, what was his name? Uh, Hamilton. Squire Hamilton. He's not even given them noses, nope. but he's given them massive, massive tits. tits. <laughs> the only bit of effort that went into those models was on the tits. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I say, yeah. I could make better plasticine models and I'm Pretty crap at arts and crafts, as we well know. <laughs> but yeah, those those were pretty dire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although they ended up playing um, a crucial part in the denouement of the film because um, there's a fire at the squire's house and voodoo dolls get burnt. Mm. And while they're burning, while the dolls are burning in the house, the actual zombies in the mine start spontaneously combusting. Yeah, true. And that's how uh, Sir James, his friend, and his daughter Sylvia are able to escape. And then the whole mine catches fire. Although I don't remember seeing any voodoo dolls of the zombies that were actually burning. Because the only ones that I saw had massive tits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. So, but I think I think it's implied that, that they were well, all, the whole yeah, house is going yes, to be on fire. Yeah. All his voodoo dolls are going. Yeah. Although that was weird. Because he had a he had a few voodoo dolls that he kept in a special drawer. He did, and all those voodoo dolls had tits. And they also, were like his special sexy voodoo dolls. One of them was supposed to be Sylvie, and that one burnt, but she was all right. Oh yeah, yeah plot hole. Oh, <laughs> docking half a star for that. So maybe you had to be had gone through the next bit and be dead for the voodoo dolls. But I don't yeah. know. I mean, maybe we just have to let them get away with that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, that was that was amusing. I also found it funny how uh, Squire Hamilton's trick in getting everyone to give him blood was basically <laughs> to have a drink with them. He would he would ask he for would a ask drink. For a yeah. drink then he would drop the glass and make the other person pick it up, or just assume they would pick it up, and then they cut themselves every time. Which I've picked up broken glass quite a few times in my life, and I've never. Well, I have cut myself, but not every time. Very rarely cut myself. Certainly to cut yourself enough to bleed. To bleed like that, to gush into a glass, yeah. Yeah, so what he would do, like we saw him do it once. Mm. Like it was when Sylvie, he dropped his glass and Sylvie went to pick it up and he sort of did a little, um, (sighs) sleight of hand isn't the right word. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Well, I think he just... I suppose sort of sleight of hand. A little ruse. Yeah. Where he made out he was going to grab the broken axe at the same time and had accidentally pushed her hand onto it. And then he caught the blood 
in a glass. I think he said to her something like it reduces the chance of infection. You know, he sort of milked yeah, he her caught into a glass. Yeah. And then when she wasn't looking, he put it in a little voodoo vial and made off with it. And he needed that blood to do his spells. So we saw him do it once, but at multiple ridiculous points. Amount of blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, got a ridiculous <laughs> amount of blood. But I think we only saw it happen on screen once, but we saw evidence of him doing it to others or heard about it. Yeah. Either like a wound or yeah. when he goes to talk to the policeman, they tell him that's what happened with one of the prisoners. Yes, yeah, the policeman says, oh, he asked for a glass of water. Yeah. And Sir James says, and let me guess. <laughs> What's his name again? Hamilton. No, no, the prisoner. Oh, uh, Marius. No, that's S- the guy from Les Miserables, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Mar- Mar- Marcellus? Mar- Mar- Martinus. Martinus. He says, and let me guess. Martinus cut himself on it. it. How did you know, sir? <laughs> and like, that is, that is, he's really practiced accidentally in air quotes, mushing people's hand onto the broken. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, my bad. I'm so clumsy. Um, yeah. Um, something else we enjoyed mm. is in the scene where he plays that trick on Sylvie to get her blood. Um, he says to her, Oh, yeah. He asks her if he wants a glass of water. Um, no, sorry. He asks her for a glass of water. And then she goes to get him a glass of water, but says, Oh, um, would you like a sherry? And he's like, Oh, yes. And we were like, yeah, is- um, If you're thirsty and you want a glass of water, you don't think, Oh, actually, no, I would prefer a sherry. That'll quench my thirst. Yeah, yeah. I think she so said to him, weird. Oh, you can have water, but wouldn't you rather have a sherry? That was it. Or yeah, something that like that. It. And he was, was like, like, oh, well, yes, well, if it's no trouble. Sherry. It's a bit like, uh, <laughs> oh, I can have a glass of Robinson's. Well, yeah, if you don't want Guinness. <laughs> oh, no, I do want Guinness. Actually, that sounds quite plausible, doesn't it? That sounds quite plausible. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. It's like, it's a very different thing. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's like asking for water and getting sherry. It's a, I mean, that's all we need, Actually, right? Actually, yeah, that's the quintessential yeah, one. Yeah, Like when you're running a marathon, they don't have like... <laughs> sherry, sherry at the sherry end. Sherry glasses. Massive <laughs> bottles of sherry at the end. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that was funny. And they do like they do like to drink, don't they? They're just kind of like, I, they're constantly having little drinks. Yeah, Wherever yeah. you go. Maybe yeah, that's yeah. just what they did back then. It's what people do now, but... It just seems like everywhere someone had a little drink to offer them. Yeah, something else we found very amusing. (laughs) So the poor young doctor, really should learn his name, Sir James's former protégé. How do you pronounce that word? Protégé? Protégé. I made it sound a bit Japanese then. (laughs) Protégé. Protégé. I'm going to go from the top. I'm going to go from the top. Okay. So something else we found very funny <laughs> is um so poor Sir James's former protege. His wife, his wife dies, and with an hour, it's like he doesn't give a shit. No, not at all. To the extent where he's not helping with the autopsy to try and work out why his wife's dead. He literally dramatically puts his hand to his face. And slides down the railings. And that's yeah, about and it. That's it. Grief that's over. Grief, grief done. He, yeah. he crams all seven stages of grief or whatever it is yeah. into one sort of brain freeze moment. <laughs> and then after that, he's, he's, you know, fine. Going on walks with Sir James. He, yeah, at yeah. the end, I notice he's holding Sylvie's hands. 
It's like, oh, moving on, are we? Well, that was very interesting because when they're in the mine and all the zombies are catching fire and they leave Squire Hamilton to his death, surrounded by burning zombies, Mm. quite a way to go. And it's one of those film moments where you think, bloody hell, how are they going to explain this now? You know, Mm. and they don't. It just cuts to the end. The end, done. It was fine. They're all in the mine. Don't worry about it. So, you know, you're sort of free to invent what happens next. So, yeah, maybe maybe those two did get together. Maybe they all lived in Squire Hamilton's house happily ever after. Yeah, maybe. Do you not think that burnt the ground? Mm, Likely, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, good point. Although I don't know how the mine was near the house. Really? <laughs> but hey. I think the house sort of backed on to the, the mine, mine, maybe. You could definitely get into the mine. Because, yeah, the that's the, the best place to build a house, on a mine shaft. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well do done, you, guys. Do you know, like, when you're selling your house and they ask questions about, is there any subsidence? You know, like, yeah, little shit, bit, yeah. Shitloads yeah. and it's, zombies. It's on a mine. <laughs> yeah, and zombies. Yeah, t- don't worry about the subsidence, mate. It's got fucking zombies. <laughs> Yeah, because they go. You could go to the mine through that room with the mask on. So yeah, they, yeah. It can't have been Did very you far even away. have to go downstairs? I don't know. It's just right there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't very well thought through. No. But yeah, they. I mean, they were. They all seemed quite happy in the end. They all escaped. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay, Han. So before we go to the Tomatometer mm-hmm. and have a look at Playgo Zombies. Playgo Zombo. <laughs> would you like to do a quiz? Oh, is the Pope Catholic? Come on, bring it. <laughs> okay. So I've gone for a slightly different format this time mm-hmm. to try and shake things up a bit because the last time we did one of my. So I'll just tell you up front it's puns. Excellent. The last time I did puns, though, it was getting too easy because mm. you sort of knew my punning style. And I think, did you have a clean sweep? Last time we did it, did you get every single I one right? bar one, possibly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So we're experimenting with a different format to see mm. if we get, um, if we give you a bit more of a challenge with this one. Nice. So I've got three, three films. Okay. All three of them are real. Mm. Now you might be thinking, this sounds easier because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I know I know the answer in advance. But what I'm going to do for each film is I'm going to give you multiple choice, and you have to guess which is the real one. Oh, damn you! So there will be multiple options, and only one will be real. And okay. also, um, less punningly, you get a bonus point. If you can identify the correct tagline, again, multiple choice. Wow. Okay. Got you. Yeah. I'm with you. Sounds good. Okay. Are you ready for your first film? Bring it. Okay. I can't stress enough. (laughs) All these films are real. (laughs) The IMDB synopsis for your first film is as follows. Uh, (laughs) You're going to think this is made up. It isn't. A homicidal turkey. <laughs> I think you're having me on it. No, no, they're all real. Axes off, 
college kids during Thanksgiving break. How? <laughs> I've got no thumbs. Yeah, no, I've not. I've not seen it. Okay. So for this one, you've got four title options. They are Beak of the Devil, <laughs> Thanks Grilling, Thanks Killing. Or sweet potato dye. Oh, such good puns. I really like Beak of the Devil, but I don't think it's going to be that. I, mean, <laughs> I was a little too proud of that one, wasn't so I? <laughs> you really are wasted on this pod, you really are. <laughs> I think it will be Thanks Killing. Fucking hell. Yeah, you yeah! got it right. God damn it, this was meant to be harder. Was it it was hard, yeah, it was hard. I just kind of, that was lucky, really, to be fair. (laughs) Okay, and now you have to, if you get a bonus point, if you can correctly identify the tagline out of these four. Okay. Who's carving who? (laughs) Take a look and tell me, boy. (laughs) What? What song is that? It's a song, isn't it? That one that goes, who's zooming who? I don't even know really who the song's by. Who's what in who? It sounds like, I, me and my friend always sing it because we heard it once and we never really knew what the lyrics were. So we always just sing, who's zooming who? Because we always thought it was really weird. <laughs> and then someone goes, take a look and tell me bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is irrelevant, everyone. Sorry. <laughs> Please continue. Okay. Who's carving who? Should be whom, actually. Whom, it should. Yeah, yeah. Um, Get stuffed. Oh, good one. (laughs) Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. (laughs) Or sweet potato die. (laughs) Uh, I think because I made such a big fuss about it, I'm going to go with who's carving who. I've clawed a point back. Oh. It was gobble gobble, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. this is way better. <laughs> and I think Beak of the Devil was better as well. <laughs> oh, so we're even. We're even. At yeah, the yeah. Wowza. One, one apiece. I don't, I'm not sure that's normally how they score quizzes. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got to find that. Oh, not now, but I'll find. I've got to find out what that song is as well because it is. I don't even think I know the proper lyrics. I just, that just reminded me of it. Okay, for your next film, the IMDb synopsis is as follows. A serial killer mutates with a chemical inside a sewer to become a monster made of human waste. (laughs) Just as the FBI and police are onto him. Okay, you've Mm -hmm. got five options for this one. Ooh. Even harder. Is the film called Monsterd? <laughs> yeah. Billy the Skid? <laughs> yeah. Smell to pay? <laughs> Dung drawn and quartered? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good one. Or this last one's got a bit of a classy Hitchcockian vibe. <laughs> Diarrhea window. 
if it's not, it really should be. <laughs> okay, uh, oh, can I have those again, please? Oh, God, you fucking get through them. <laughs> Monsterd. Yeah. Billy the Skid. Smell to pay. Yeah. Dung drawn and quartered. Diarrhea window. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go with smell to pay. No, it was monster. Oh, it was between the two. Oh, it was two one the to two. me. Oh. Uh, forgetting credulity. Mm. Uh, that's Diary a weird one to use. My favourite, though, clearly. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that was what mm. I was going to ask. Nice. Okay, mm. so for a bonus point, can you identify the real tagline? Don't forget to flush... Oh. Don't leave the seat up. <laughs> Don't get caught with your pants down. Or. <laughs> Don't shit yourself. <laughs> what were the first two again? Don't forget to flush. Yeah. Don't leave the seat up. Don't get caught with your pants down and don't shit yourself. <laughs> I'm going to go with don't leave the seat up. Oh, Han, don't get caught with your pants oh, down. This is harder, this isn't is it? This is harder, it's yeah. Three one to me. Because you're really good at these. <laughs> it's three one to me. <laughs> shit yourself. <laughs> and you're playing for a draw. Oh. Because there's one film left. Mm. So you, you can get a maximum of two points. Got you, yeah. And this is far and away the hardest one. Oh, no. Save the hardest for last. Oh, no. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to read these. Okay, uh-huh. for your third and final film, yep. playing for the draw, the IMDb plot summary <laughs> is as follows. An insane therapist, keyword, entangles a suburban novelist in a web of hypnosis, drugs, kidnapping, depravity, and murder. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Is the film called The Therapist? <laughs> the Hypnotherapist? Oh. The Scarapist? The hypnoscarapist. The psychiatrist. Oh, God. The dichiatrist. Ah. Oh. Ah, oh, what was the person? I'm not finished. Oh, God. The di... <laughs> oh, this is the last one, I promise. The psychologist. Oh, Oh, God. It's hard, isn't it? I did warn you this would be hard. Do I hear them all again? Yeah. The therapist. Therapist. <laughs> the hypnotherapist. Mm-hmm. The scarapist. The hypnoscarapist. The psydiatrist. The dichiatrist. <laughs> the. The dichologist. <laughs> or the psychologist. 
Uh, <laughs> and you know what? All of those are terrible, but it is one of them. One of okay. those is the name of the uh, film. Uh, are there any you can discount out of hand? I mean, if it's the therapist, it's not a hypnotherapist, is it? So where both hypnosis, drugs, oh, yeah. kidnapping, the oh and god. <clears throat> <laughs> The terror is too many. Do you want want to use a lifeline? Okay. Which one? From Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh, um, let's do the one where you discount two of them. Well, you can discount half of them because it's 50 50, you know. Well, yeah, but I didn't know if you had to. Bloody hell. How (laughs) many of them is there's eight? So I'm going to discount four. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to discount the two that have Hypno at the beginning. Okay. That was just to pad it out. Just pad it out, yeah, I mean it's... I'm also going to discount the Psydiatrist. Yeah, that one was, like, was just lost by that point. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the Psykiller gist. Okay. So... What are we left with? The Therapist, the Scarapist, the Dichiatrist. The dycologist. Di- the, dicologist just sounds like an actual branch of medicine. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, I studied yeah. dicology at university. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, terror, the therapist. Is that your final That's answer? That's my final answer. And I'm sorry, it's the scarapist. Oh, God. Isn't that's that... the worst one. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, I even think the dicologist, <laughs> what was it? The dicologist was better than that. <laughs> Psychiatrist. <laughs> All right. Well, well, well. it's four-one, but you do have an opportunity to get back a consolation. Okay, point come on. If you can guess the tagline. Okay, the scarapist, honestly. And because it's the last question, we'll make it a double stakes one. Oh no, triple stakes! If you get it right, you get three points, so you've still got your draw. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Is the tagline, the doctor will see you now, Ooh. look into my eyes, mm. try to relax, or the doctor is out of her mind? <laughs> uh, the doctor will see you now. Oh, Han, the doctor was out of her mind. <laughs> Yeah, true story. Oh, well, actually, there were three taglines. You know, sometimes it lists multiple because yeah. they use more than one. And the other two were really weird. Like one, the other two, like that one made sense. Yeah. The other two were evil at its best. <laughs> <laughs> I, what, I, what could that, what could that possibly mean? But, um, and the other one was so surreal. I'm actually going to have to Google it. I think, though, that you absolutely deserve that win. Very nicely done. <laughs> yeah, I, I could barely say the last one. By the time we got to the end of it, I was like, what are words? Even what are these words anymore? Yeah. I um, do you think, though, that you need to do more with Diarrhea Window? I mean, this is like a <laughs> missed opportunity somewhere. <laughs> right, the Scarapist. The taglines are listed as, the Doctor is out of her mind. Evil at its best, and 
go down alive into hell. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been translated from a foreign language. How weird. Like, it's got anything to do with anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe it was a foreign language film because, um, well, because I mean, the yeah. taglines were incomprehensible. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a US, it's a, yeah, it's a US, um, film apparently. Wow. Yeah, filmed in Milwaukee. <laughs> Jeez. I don't know why that's funny. I don't know what they're doing in Milwaukee, but... <laughs> All right, so shall we go to Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. And have a little look at Play Go Zombies? Let's do it. Right, Hen. I think... Tomatometer time? Yeah, tomatometer time. Let's go. Well, let's well, do our predictions yeah, first. Yeah, come on. Yeah. the gun there. Yeah. Bloody hell. Okay. I'm going to go for... 63%. I'm going to go for 55 Okay. Quite close again. Yeah. I think this won't be one of Hammer's most highly regarded ones. No. Because no. it doesn't have, like, that classic Hammer Drac... Well, parts of it did feel a bit like a Dracula yeah. story. But it I think... a classic monster. No. The I, lead yeah, monster. Yeah. yeah. I think it will suffer from comparison to the... Like, you think of Hammer, yeah. you think of various vampires. You do. You think of the, yeah. Dra- Dracula. Basically Dracula, really, don't you? That's yeah, the yeah. main one that you think of. Um, shall we see? Yeah. Let's go. Plague of the Zombies. <laughs> Literally, every week I can't find the flipping thing. It's on IMDb, right? Yeah. Yeah, where is it then? Uh, uh, are you not looking in Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> said <laughs> you've gone to IMDb. That will be why it won't work. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm getting worse. Right, okay, let's have a look. The plague. Plague of the zombies, okay. <laughs> 83%. You're shitting me. Nope. Wow. 83%. That is the we've ever been that is we were so wrong we really just you know not just on the tomatometer about any topic yeah we did not clearly give it the credit it deserved wowza i cannot wait actually i think this is the first time i'd be more interested to hear the tomatoes yeah i'm quite than the splodges splodges. right let's go tomatoes okay this is david jenkins from little white lies yep a colourful romp with a smattering of subtext. <laughs> okay, Matt Brunson from Film Frenzy. It's not only one of the best zombie movies ever made, it's also one of the finest pictures ever released by Hammer Films. Do you know what? Until you got to the very end of that snippet, I was going to say, Hannah, we're definitely looking at the right film here. But no. It clearly says Clearly, Hammer. I know. Wowza. And then Tim Brayton from Alternate Ending says, certainly isn't the best horror film made by Hammer Film Productions. What it is, maybe, is the Hammerest Hammer Film. I don't agree with that either. I think it's the Hammerest Hammer Film. No. Hammer that- time. I just, <laughs> I just think it's... The Hammerist Hammer film would be one with Dracula in. Exactly. Or The Thing, like got, or The Mummy, or something, you know, a bit... Or at a bare minimum, Christopher Lee. Yeah. Sir just Christopher Chris, Lee. Just Sir Christopher Lee, swanning around. That's all you need. 
Or Peter Cushing, even. Oh, both. Well, if it's the Hammerist horror, it would have to have both of them. Well, yeah. Double bubble. Okay. um, Wow. Any more? Should we have another red tomato? Another red tomato? Okay. This is Sean Munro from What Culture? As a precursor to better zombie films, it remains an important, passably entertaining genre milestone. So he's a little bit more... Mm, he's not mm. saying it's the best film ever, but he's saying it's important. I was just going to see if there was anyone else, anyone that we, you know, kind of know. What do uh, movie bitches have to say? Oh, yeah, well, movie bitches. No, I don't think movie bitches did it. God damn it. Come on, bitches. What about Gone with the Twins? No, Gone with the Twins aren't on here either. <laughs> oh, our favourites. No. Oh, God damn it. I know. Not actually that many. Should we have a green splodge or two? Have a splodge. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's only 12 reviews. Oh. <laughs> oh. Right. There we go. So, Sorry, yeah. I suppose it's an old enough film that the only people who are going to bother to review it are people who liked it. Apart from... My maths tell me that there's one splodge. There are... It was two. Oh, right. My maths is <laughs> What percentage did it get again? Yeah. There's two, and the percentage was 12 reviews and 83%. Yeah, so that would be two splodges, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. There's a load of audience ratings. What's the audience score, actually? Uh, the audience score is a bit lower, actually. Uh, the audience score, I think, was closer to what we thought. 53%. That was what you said, actually, wasn't it? I said 55, it? I think. Oh, okay. Very yeah, close. Yeah. yeah. And actually, well, no, the audience, I don't think the audience have done, they've just kind of done it in stars. Yeah, they've not, they've not done any free flow comments. No. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it's the best hammer of all time by a long shot, but it was a fun, a fun hammer. I enjoyed it. Silly. Good, good zombies. Yeah, good story. Yeah. Entertaining. I enjoyed it a lot more. I enjoyed it a lot more for watching it with you because we were sort of chuckling. Yeah, as we along. it's good to. I think it's the good sort of thing to watch with a friend. You know, it's, it, yeah, good yeah, fun. Definitely. I wasn't disappointed at all. Okay, okay, yeah, no, me neither. What should we do next week, Anne? Well, I think it's your turn. Ooh, blimey! Mm. I reckon we should watch. Ooh, the night house. It's a modern Ooh. one. Looks very weird. Yeah. I think it's got a real good buzz around it. Okay. So I think it's might be excellent. And I know I know nothing about it other than watching the trailer. And it's one of those trailers that sort of raises more questions than answers. Oh, okay. Um The Night but, House. All right. Let's give it a go. Yeah. And we won't we won't learn anything about nope. it. So it'll be a proper surprise on both of us. Just standard for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make it sound as if we come to these things pre-armed totally with prepared. notes. I've got my file of facts. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I came from the 80s. <laughs> Do they still make file of facts? I don't know, actually. I haven't seen one in a yeah. while, to be fair. <laughs> so maybe not. <laughs> yeah. I'll find one. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Tune in next time for more Midweek Horror. Don't get scared now. <laughs> <laughs>